0: You've come to the right place if you're looking to create, launch, and scale a high-value online training program. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of Lifter LMS, the most powerful learning management system for WordPress. Stay to the end. I've got something special for you. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. I'm joined by a special guest, He's a repeat guest on the show. He's my friend and colleague, Nick Osborne. You can find him over at nickusborne.com. Nick is the creator of his later, latest course, which is Future Proof Copywriting Course, Combining Artificial Intelligence with the Power of Emotional Intelligence. Nick is an awesome writer, copywriter, course creator, teacher, uh nick has done copywriting for big brands like apple the new york times the united states navy he shared the stage at marketing conferences with folks like seth godin godin i'm lucky to consider nick a friend welcome back on the show nick
1: thank you and thank you for the generous introduction you make me sound good absolutely
0: so nick is a um prolific um curiosity person and when he goes deep on things like ai and writing i pay attention um let's start by unpacking uh, we've all heard a lot about artificial intelligence which we're going to talk about and how to use that in our writing but before we go there let's unpack what emotional intelligence is
1: right emotional intelligence so hey i think a lot of us when we were kids took it took a standard intelligence test. This is the kind of cognitive intelligence test. And, and it's kind of horrible because at a young age, you're told whether you're smart or dumb or whatever. Um, and the thing about the cognitive intelligence is it, it doesn't really change in during life. But the, for a long time, there's been this sense that, I mean, is this really the only measure of someone's potential success or achievements in life is what their cognitive intelligence is? And, and, I've, and a, an author called uh, Daniel, Dan, Dan Goleman, in the 90s. Well, in 1995, he wrote the book Emotional Intelligence, and he argued that you know what? It's not so much about the cognitive intelligence. If you look at the most successful people in in business and entrepreneurs and, and within their families, it's not about the cognitive intelligence, it's about the emotional intelligence. And he, if you don't mind me rambling, i, I to set this, Ramble on. This, All right, to set it up, he basically broke this down into four domains the, the self awareness of your own emotional state. So you may have, hey, look, Chris, you and I could get into a discussion and one of us gets heated and you say to me, oh, Nick, you you sound angry. And I say, no, I don't. Or he says, you're angry. No, I'm not. Nick, you're upset. No, I'm not. And like, maybe I am upset, but I don't recognize it. We'd think we automatically understand that we're self-aware about our emotional state. Very often we're not. Uh, Nick, you're really stressed. No, I'm not. Well, actually I am. And so, so self awareness is part of this process, and then self management, which is how do you actually then manage the emotions you feel. So, if I go into, well, my my kids are too old now, but there was a time where you know I had some teenage sons, and I'd go into their bedroom, and they'd be sitting there smoking a cigarette in bed, or worse, and the place would be a dump, and I'd be, and I know that my first reaction is to be frustrated and angry, like, oh, come on. But I also know so so self aware self management is for me to recognise that emotion that I'm going to feel because I've because there it is I've been there we've been there before, but I can now self manage and say okay take a breath we know that it never turns out well if you just get angry with the teenager because <laughs> the teenager always wins when it comes to getting angry, so now I've got to manage my emotions so that is something hey th- this is a big part of like emotional maturity is, is how well. Some people say, oh, well, I feel this way. Therefore, I'm going to shout and scream at you. Well, okay, but there's maybe there's more emotionally intelligent ways to go about it, which is sometimes to manage those emotions to get to a better outcome. The third was he, he talks about social awareness. And this is a really interesting and, and difficult one, I think. And that is with other people. If, if, if I'm talking to a group of three people, how aware am I? How tuned in am I into their emotions? um What, to what? Uh, how empathetic am I being? So empathy is a big part of social awareness. It's like, and and uh, I, I'm honestly I'm not terribly good at this. It's like, it's like reading. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll have a conversation, and then like an hour later or a day later or three days later, think, oh my goodness, that person, the one on the right that I that I didn't know, there was almost like an expression or a micro expression that I can kind of see now, but I didn't see at the time. And what I was saying upset or you know insulted that person, and I didn't get it. I was not aware of other people's emotions around me um so it's 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 super hard that part of emotional intelligence is to is to be not just empathetic which I think we'd like to think that we're empathetic that because it's a nice thing to be but actually to be aware of the emotions of people around us so Daniel Goldman wrote about this from a lot of it about it from a personal point of view, and other other people, other experts have picked it up since then. And he has too, and applying this to business of of like emotional intelligence within managers and leaders and teams, like like how self aware is your boss, how well does she manage her emotions when things go south a bit, uh, how 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 aware is she of people's like you know someone's had a terrible day and goes in to see the boss, does the boss even notice? Does is she aware? Um, that that person's having a really hard day, or does she just dive in? Uh, And it's the same with writing. We can be a big part of copywriting, which is my core skill, I've been a copywriter for over 40 years, is before I put pen to paper, old school pen to paper, um, before I put pen to paper, I've got to pause and think, who am I writing to? Who is my audience? And also what is their emotional state? How am I gonna make them feel good? All right, I, I want to tickle their amygdala <laughs> and make them feel good and and if i can get them to feel good then i'm, I'm kind of 80 90 of the way to making it a sale the other thing about emotional intelligence is it builds trust and trust is a kind of precursor to making a sale and for us like like chris said i am a course creator myself so i'm a copywriter but I'm also a course creator, and I know that when I am writing promotions to sell my courses, I have to find a way to get my reader to trust me. You know, they they, they they're going to put money down. They they don't see. They don't get to take the course. They may get a sample or something, but. Over to, And I, maybe I'll, I'm not going to do it in one shot. Maybe I can get them to sign up for my newsletter and step by step, I will build trust. And if I want to build trust, it means that I have to be emotionally intelligent. I cannot just keep bombarding them with 10, 10, 20% off, 10% off, 5% off, rush, rush, rush. I can't do the same old, same old all the time. I'm not saying that doesn't work. I mean, it, it does. We, we I think we all know that. But longer term, if I want to build a relationship with, with a buyer, and maybe have them buy a second course or a third course. Is I got to build trust, and that's where emotional intelligence is is kind of a superpower. And Aside, then, so, go ahead. no, no, you go ahead. Otherwise, I'll just talk forever about it.
0: <laughs> a side question related to this: sometimes, for somebody who's not a marketer or a copywriter, those those things kind of have a bad rap. How would you differentiate uh, healthy emotional te- intelligence in your communication and your writing, specifically? Compared to what some people fear of manipulation or being a pushy salesperson where you're you're trying to make them feel good, but it's not necessarily authentic or whatever. So how how do you what's the difference there that makes great ethical, emotionally intelligent copywriting versus manipulation?
1: I think it actually comes from the writer. It's a mindset thing. Uh, I know how to, like I said, I've been doing this forever, so so I know how to do the manipulation thing. You know, the rush, rush, hurry, hurry, the fear. You know, fear of missing out, the fear of losing your money, the fear of, and so yeah, I can I I, I can do that, but it but I know it's manipulative, and I mean I know that I can I can I can make some dollars that way, but I don't think it's a good way to build a longer term relationship because it's hey, in, in, in any realm in life, to, to build a relationship based on on um, emotional manipulation is probably not a winning <laughs> winning strategy, <laughs> whether it's at home or at work. Um, and, I, and I know some companies follow that route. Um, but again, you see, if, if, if I'm a bigger company and I follow that route, okay, it's, it's it's the company's reputation on the line. But for those of us who are selling courses, programs, training, more one-on-one like, hi, I'm Nick, I'm Chris, this is this is me. The stakes are a little different. I, I can't really afford to be seen to be manipulative because my brand has got to be trustworthy. Because th- this is me. If you go to my website, look, this is me. You'll see me on my website. My brand is me. And yes, I can do the manipulative emotional stuff. I know how to do it. I know how to pull those triggers. But what does that say about me as a brand? Because when you go to the website next time, you're thinking of buying one of my courses. It's like it's either oh that's Nick. Hey, he really, he he really seems like the real deal. He seems like a good, generous guy. Or oh look, it's Nick the manipulative <laughs> copywriter. And and I, I don't want to be the second one. I want to be the first one. That's how that's how a business endures in the long term, even for with you know even for a small scale business.
0: Let's talk about places where somebody could use emotionally intelligent copywriting as a course creator i think the obvious thing is the sales page but where can we and we can accelerate with ai and and get new more blended in with that but before we go to ai yeah where can we use this emotional emotionally intelligent copywriting as a course creator coach or training provider besides our sales pages
1: right i i For me, my personal experience with this is probably 90% of of that work has been done with my newsletter. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'll I'll build a relationship with people. I'll stutter. And hey, if you go to my website, you'll find you're invited to sign up for my newsletter. You get a free report, all the good stuff. And then I will start sending you emails once or twice a week. And that is my opportunity to show myself as I truly am. Because email and newsletters are like that. If, I, if I'm if i doing social media, if I'm doing a landing page, it's kind of web marketing stuff. If you give me permission to talk to you in your inbox, your inbox is a private, it's, it's you own your inbox, right? It's, it's the one thing in this domain, Like like Zuckerberg owns everything you do on Facebook, like Google owns everything you do when you're browsing, everyone else owns everything, but you own your inbox, it's your place. And if you don't like what I say, you can unsubscribe or you can mark me as spam. So it's a place where one I have to be careful not to get thrown out, but it also is a place where I have the best opportunity to speak to you, write to you, like pretty much one on one. Because you know, friends and family will write to you in in email. It's not just a business application; it's a, it's a personal space as well. So if I respect that space, if I respect the fact that this is your personal space, and I. You know, that that is where I have the opportunity, however well or poorly I might do it, but I have the opportunity now to build a relationship. So one of my favorite writers is Anne Handley uh, of Marketing Profs. And if you get her newsletter, she does this fantastic job of building a relationship with her reader. Like, in fact, you just read the first, you just read one newsletter from Anne Handley and you feel like she really is your friend. is kind of impossible because it's the first newsletter but the way she writes it just feels that way that she cares about you that she sees you that she's writing to you so that has always been for me the killer app is either through email or newsletters come into the inbox as well through newsletter is there is where i can speak kind of (laughs) i i can speak honestly and 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 i can try to demonstrate a high level of emotional intelligence And, and and also simple 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 things like Every now and again I'll say, Hey, I want to hear what you get. Go- I want to hear what you think. I've just done a super quick survey. Just just let me know what you think. So I'm listening. All right. So so listening is key to empathy. It's key to emotional intelligence. It's something a lot of us don't do as well as we should. We love talking. Let's listen to me. I can't stop. Uh, we love talking, but we're not, you know, most of us are not so good at listening. So I'll just do something like, I'll throw in a a quick two-question survey. One, because I'm really interested in the answers. But secondly, it it lets my readers know that, hey, it's not just Nick Broadcasting. He actually wants to hear. He wants feedback from us. So that's cool.
0: Awesome. Your course is Future Proof Copywriting, Combining Artificial Intelligence with the Power of Emotional Intelligence. That's over at nickusborne.com. There's a coupon code LIFTER15 if you want 15% off. Tell us about the course and start bringing AI into the conversation. So you've always been a, a very talented, emotionally intelligent copywriter yourself. AI came on the scene really strongly a year ago of this recording or so. What have you discovered when combining your emotionally intelligent brain with the large language models of artificial intelligence?
1: So many things. Um, but you're right. Like wh- whenever I, you know, dangle a new technology in front of me, and I, it's irresistible. Like I'm, I'm just like the, down the rabbit hole. And I see, I, I see over in the comments that James Birchill is there, and he knows because we've fallen down one or two mutual rabbit holes over the t- over the years. Um, so wh- when it came out, well, hey, I, I've been using uh, with with James Birchill. We were using uh, emo- artificial intelligence in chatbots like many years ago. It's been around for a while. I've been into it for a, quite a while. And then along comes GPT, ChatGPT at the, the end of November of last year. And, it, and and I'd been using some other tools, like literally the week before. That tool comes out and it like completely blows my mind because literally it felt like 10 years of development had passed over the course of a weekend. I mean, it honestly felt like that to me. Uh, it, it was extraordinary, that leap. Uh, And and we know that to be true because in fact, everything that's happened since last November is almost defined by that moment. And ChatGPT and and GPT-4 are are still almost the benchmark. These are the the LLMs to beat right now. Um, So as always, I I kind of jumped in because I was fascinated and amazed. Um, And I discovered some ways as a copywriter that that I could really use it to my advantage. I could use it, I used it for brainstorming. Um, I used it for research. I used it for outlining presentations. I used it for ideas. Uh, people really struggle with the idea that these AIs might, in some sense, be creative. But but I have found them to be creative, and that I can I can throw two things in, and it's kind of a mashup, and they'll spit something out that I hadn't thought of or anticipated. I think, huh, They took these two things and they created, you know, suggested something new. That that to me is is, is an act of creation. Uh, so I found that absolutely fascinating because I never anticipated that from a from a tool like this. So as a copywriter, like say, I say, I could brainstorm stuff, I could research stuff, I could outline stuff, I could do some first drafts of stuff. I could do, early on, I was doing these, I experimented with something. I, I went to, I, I have one or two books up on Amazon and I went, no, actually on this, I didn't do my stuff. It was It was a product. I went to a product on Amazon, it was like a food blender. And I copied like 50 reviews, consumer reviews, and I pasted them into GPT-4 and I said, hey, based on these reviews, give me a sentiment analysis of this product. And it's like one, two, three, boom. And it's like insane. You know how hard it is to take like 50 or 100 pieces of written reviews and try and hold those in your mind and say, okay, hang on. What are the positives? What are the negatives? What are the proportions? What are the main points? And just like 30 seconds later, I have it. There are companies I could go to to do sentiment analysis, but it would cost me thousands of dollars in weeks or months. And then I said, okay, give me identify the the words and phrases that predominated on, on the positive side of the sentiment. And it did. And then I said, okay, based on the sentiment analysis, based on the kind of emotionally triggering vocabulary we've identified, write me a sales page for this product. And it did. And I'm sitting there thinking, this is like insane. Particularly the sentiment analysis part of it. Um, So so as a copywriter, I'm beginning to look at this and I'm looking at it and looking at it uh, and I'm seeing all the potential. Meanwhile, I'm watching the market of copywriters. So copywriters, content writers, SEO writers, all all the kind of digital writing, my digital writing colleagues out there. there, There's one block that's saying, oh, no, I'm not even looking at AI. I I think it's just a passing fad, it's all hype. It'll never come to anything. And and that's actually, I find it in a sense discouraging. That's a larger block than I might have anticipated because I've done surveys on this. Uh, there's, there's that group, and then there's the group that are kind of a little bit worried that this might eat their lunch one day. <laughs> so, so, so my my whole positioning on this is like lean into this. You, you cannot ignore this. This is way too powerful to ignore. If you ignore this, you'll you'll be done. Because in fact, I, you know, I I've asked, and it, and again, you have to you have to revise, you have to prompt, and then re-prompt, and sometimes revise that prompt. But if you work hard enough at it, you, you can get a good, you can get, you know, if you're writing a 5,500 word blog post with a bit of work, you can, you can get a really good piece of writing and, and I've hired other writers as well as being a writer myself. And I can probably, I can get output from GPT-4 that is pretty close to as good as what I get from most human writers, as long as I take care with the prompting. So there's potential problem there and 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 kind of low level writers that have been pumping out stuff very fast at volume without really caring about the quality they're already being replaced by these tools Uh, and in a sense yeah because what you're doing is low quality and these tools are already better than you um so yeah it's it's a it, it is a potential threat to all of us in the creative space the commercial creative space so to my mind the way to deal with that one is to lean into it so that you maximize your use of it. It makes you more productive. It makes you smarter. Um, but the second bit getting into the emotional intelligence is okay. If I want to beat this thing, if I want to stand, not beat it so much, but if I want to separate myself from just another AI writer, cause there's already a gazillion of those, how do I do that? Well, I add in the emotional intelligence, because if you ask ChatGPT, so Hey ChatGPT, what are your limitations when it comes to selling or, or writing stuff for humans and it'll say. We don't really, I don't really do empathy. I don't have first-hand experience of emotions. I don't get cultural nuances or, or regional nuances. I, there's all kinds of subtleties and it's all within the emotional scale. There are these subtleties that I don't get. AI doesn't get it. It can, re- it can read a story or a poem or a screenplay about emotion, but it's, it can't. It's never. Fit. It doesn't have a story. It can't tell, tell you the story of when it was a teenager in the pub and it saw this girl across the room for the very first time. It, it can't have that experience. So that's why I kind of blend artificial intelligence with emotional intelligence, because one, it makes the copy better, because emotion always makes copy better. But also now I'm adding something in that AI cannot add in. Because it doesn't have that sophisticated, doesn't have that firsthand experience. It's never tasted ice cream. It's never fallen in love. It's never stubbed its toe. Uh, so, so I'll bring into my copy kind of more sensory things like, like smell or, or taste or hearing. You know, being on the beach and feeling the sand between your toes and smelling the salt, and hearing the wind and all all this stuff that AI can't do, but I can. Um, so yeah, and and another thing, and again, just interrupt me because I just go on forever. Um, is if too many people just use AI, there is this sameness trap. There's this kind of paradox, is that if you just use AI for your output, well, guess what? There's a gazillion other copywriters doing the same, and you're gonna start sounding very, very similar to everyone else. So as a company, why would I hire you if you sound the same as everyone else? And also there are some companies that I think have have kind of jumped on the bandwagon a little bit quickly and are using you know they're firing <laughs> some of their human writers and they're perhaps leaning too heavily into AI with the result that their brands are beginning to sound a little bit like everyone else's you know they're competing brands so you've got to be really careful this differentiation because because ai tends to this this is kind of paradox with ai is that it's amazing and it's Creative and it's incredibly productive, but there's you get the sameness trap. And so, again, as a copywriter with emotional intelligence, I come in and say, Hey, I can disrupt that. I can make you sound unique. I can make you set. Say- we can use all the benefits of AI, but by weaving in emotional intelligence, I'll not only make your copy better, but I'll make you stand out from the crowd. Tell
0: us about prompts. Like, what are some good prompts or ways to think about prompts instead of like, Hey, I'm a course creator about. Let's say Bitcoin investing. Write me a sales page, or um, you know, create a course outline based on this topic. Like these really simple prompts, but like you said, you're going to end up in a sea of sameness. So, how can we prompt better?
1: You have to learn it. Um, I'm I'm forever a student. I'm taking a course right now, which is making my brain hurt. Um, and it's about prompt engineering, but it's beyond the front interface. It's in the developer interface with with GPT-4, um, where prompting prompt prompt engineering is really a very structured process. Um, but for for everyday use, if you're working within uh, GPT-4, one of the remarkable things is you you can you can do very well with a very simple conversation. It's, it's a chat, it's chat, all right? It's chat GPT. It, it is conversational. It is optimized for conversation back and forth. So that's what I do is, is I might say, okay, and, and you should start off, like here's a simple piece of uh, of um, prompt engineering advice for you. Start off by saying, ask, asking the, the AI to take on a particular persona like act as the founder of a course creation company that serves this market so, so that the ai knows what is it's the background give it some context so act as or or write as if you were something like, you know like that so give it t- tell it who it is before you ask it to write something so you know a- act as an expert in online copywriting with many years experience um and your audience is them who your audience is then you get in so this is this is like some of the structure of more formal prompt engineering you say who you who who i want the ai to be who the audience is going to be and now comes the prompt here's here's the goal i want to achieve Here, here here's the prompt i'm going to put in there to get to get me part of the way so so you can formalize it in that way and just those two things of act as such and such and here's the context and here's the audience so it's almost like giving it a bit more of a briefing background and and then you then you ask the question what i've done in the past is i've got the best results where i will do this by steps so it's a bit of a prompt chain so i will say uh you i so i i have this separate chat on my left hand column all to do with this course that i teach so gpt4 is familiar with our this thread of conversation So I'll say, hey, based on everything you know about my course, uh, write me an email promoting the course. And let's make it a three-part email that we're going to do it for five days. And it'll write me the emails. And I'll look at it. And because of the background conversation above, it's usually pretty good. And I'll say, you know what? Make that a little bit more. it, It sounds a little formal. Make it a little bit more conversational and it'll rewrite it in a slightly changed tone. Sometimes it goes too far, so I have to pull it back. So not quite that conversational, somewhere in between, and then it does it again, all right? So then I'll say, okay, but it's like you're leading with some, it understands things like benefits, difference between features and benefits. So I'll say, yeah, but you're kind of opening with a feature there. Let's open with a benefit maybe we can weave a story, a bit of a story. Let's put an example in there, a story. And so it'll do that. And I'll, and then maybe I won't love it. So I'll tweak that prompt a bit. So so what I'm doing is I very rarely just go in with one ask and then print out the outcome or copy and paste it. I'm usually conversation, right? It's a conversational experience. I'm usually going back to the until I hit something just right. Do I then cut and cop, copy and paste that into you know, my email delivery service, usually not. Like, let, 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 let's say it, it comes in with a story, like a little, little example, just to humanize this thing. I say, hey, that's cool. And I say, hey, you know what? That reminds me of something that happened to me. So I'll actually take the email that it's written, but I'll actually then take out their example story and I'll put in a real one from me, because somehow that changes stuff, all right? And like having done that, I think, yeah, but you know what, being me, I wouldn't actually start the first sentence with those five words. I'd probably say something, so what I'm doing is I'm getting AI to do a lot of the heavy lifting on my copywriting. And it's also encouraging me to do much better because sometimes I'll sit down like I've, I did this morning. I've had, I have had a busy day. I had to write out an email. I wrote it out. Uh, I've got it scheduled to go, but I'll probably pull it back out. I want to tweak it a bit more because it's OK. If I'd done that with AI, I'd probably just have been more focused on those, those steps, the process. And AI very often will bring in a point of view or an idea or a thought that I hadn't thought of and I wouldn't have thought of. So, so it really can be a creative partner in this. So I go, you know, I, I, I start off with the AI and then, like I say, with the example of my own story, rather than this made up example, now what I'm doing is I'm weaving in the emotional intelligence, all right? And I'm doing that final edit. To make sure that this this fear this, this is a mo- this is a kind of emotional proximity between me and 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 the reader, but like I say you can also get there if if you do with with a this kind of prompt engineering thing is you start off with act as, and then tell them a bit of background about the audience. If you just give them a little bit of extra background information, they can usually do a little better in the first and second draft.
0: That's awesome. You mentioned uh, in your. Uh, revision to the prompt of making it more conversational and you actually have another course called conversational copywriting can you give right. us a high level on what that is when we're writing copy what makes copy conversational
1: Com- the conversational copyright it, it was almost like in anticipation of of, of this of this moment because in fact emotionally intelligent copy is generally conversational copy so and in fact i've got where are we A wonderful book here by judith glazier conversational intelligence seriously so we've got cognitive intelligence we've got emotional intelligence we've got conversational intelligence and that really was what my that course was about so again if we go back into relationships and conversations in, in in companies sometimes a manager or a boss or a team leader is not as empathetic as they could be they don't have that they're not working with a high degree of emotional intelligence conversational intelligence is, is very very closely related so if if i'm one of those not very highly emotionally intelligent managers and i'm in conversation with a subordinate. I'm probably not managing that conversation terribly well. I'm probably lacking in empathy. I'm probably talking more than I'm listening when I should actually be listening more than I'm talking. So my course on conversational copywriting, in a sense, was anticipating the need to add emotional intelligence. I didn't talk explicitly about emotional intelligence, but in a sense, that's what it is about. Uh, It's certainly about conversational intelligence, which is to have, like she, Judith worked as a, as a consultant to companies going in and retraining people like from the boss down of how to have more intelligent conversations and it really was about empathy it was about listening um so yeah i should do a double package of both of both the courses together because in in a sense the conversational copywriting course is almost like how to write in emotionally intelligent way
0: that's awesome and how is that similar to being in conversation with the ai like what what overlaps between writing conversational copy versus engaging in this conversational interface. Like, like you mentioned, you wrote the email series, but that probably included like 10 back and forth before you had something to edit off the, off the AI. Yeah. How do we, you know, become more emotionally and conversationally intelligent when, when working with the AI specifically in the prompts?
1: You can, you, you, you can ask it. You, You can say Hey, we're writing to let, let's say some kind of medical thing. And you you can say to gpt 4 hey, we're writing, we're writing to people who generally have a family member who is is unwell. So let's be empathetic. Let, let, let's be sensitive in how we write. And, and this is like say one of the things that completely blows my mind is, is that ChatGPT will get it. Now. It doesn't get it in terms of consciousness, like, oh, my goodness, I feel for you. But it understands what I'm saying. And as a result, when it writes the copy, it will be more empathetic. It will. Now, it, and it may be, this is the kind of thing you see, The see, AI can't do emotion. It simply reads about human experience of emotion, which means it's sometimes quite clumsy in in how it handles it so so if i say i'm writing it in some medical device or medical thing and and it's for people who are very unwell so let's be sensitive about that it may it it may overdo it when it comes back all right so i might find myself editing it back a bit so that it's not too kind of over the top in terms of like oh poor you so it's you can go to a certain degree like like i say sentiment analysis it, it does really well I did that. I, I did a survey a couple of weeks ago, and, and there were the responses. 120 people um, answered an open-ended question at the end. So I so I had this like thousands of words, and and again impossible to like. So again, I just downloaded it, threw it into GPT four, and said, "Hey, do me a sentiment analysis on this." which it did. So, so it does, it comprehends what sentiment means, what emotion means. But, but when it tries to write emotionally, you just always, you have to edit because sometimes it'll, it it doesn't quite get it because it hasn't been there. It hasn't felt anything itself.
0: Tell us about your course, future proof copywriting. Like how did you structure it? What's inside the
1: program? It's basically in, in, in three, Sections. The first section is on how to lean into artificial intelligence. How to to maximize your use of AI as a as a content writer, copywriter, social media writer, SEO writer. Um, So don't be shy. You've got to if you want to come out of this ahead. Step one is to lean into the technology and keep up with it. Hey, like you and me both. I think today, today or this last few days, have been playing around with DALI three within GPT four. So now now in a very simple conversational way I can generate high quality images within uh Gpt4 which a week ago we couldn't really do unless we were on a kind of super duper list but um so so lean into technology like like keep keep in touch with it watch it, because this is this is moving so quickly it's it, it's like insane which makes it very exciting but it does mean that you got to actually make a bit of an effort to, to stay ahead not be ahead as a, as a kind of But hey, I I do, I mean, I listen to a podcast on AI probably most days, (laughs) just just in an attempt to see where everything is going. So step one, so the the first third of the course is teaching you to become a more productive writer through application of AI. Step two of the course is the same for EI, for emotional intelligence. So it, it, it's, it's kind of deep dive learning into what does it mean to be emotionally intelligent? What does it mean to be an emotionally intelligent writer? How do we apply emotionally, you know, the domains of emotional intelligence? There's four domains. How do we apply that to writing social media or writing content or writing a sales page or an email or a newsletter? How do we how you know, what is EI then stage three in the final stage before the kind of concluding lessons is how to how to combine the two. How do we combine AI and EI together? Uh, So step first section AI, second section EI, and the third section is how we put those together. Uh, How we get the most of AI, but also blend in EI so that the copywriting is better and also so that we can separate ourselves from the crowd whether we are hey whether we're building a course whether we are and and i've helped i, I i've got a i've got some more courses up my sleeve and, and two of them have been very much co creations with chat with, with gpt4 like i've come up with the kernel of an idea for a course and i say what do you think how would you structure this and i chat about it and they come back and i say, yeah but section four that's you're not getting it like i want to do something more like so i've spent like when it comes to brainstorming whether it's the structure of a sales page or the structure of the course itself like the structure of a course itself i've spent hours over the course of days sometimes weeks uh, of like going back and forth uh using it as a hey it's a brainstorming buddy it's the it's the smartest it's the most knowledgeable buddy you will ever ever have. It knows everything about everything. It's insane. And it's super smart. Um so yeah, I, I use it across the board. I'm probably I'm probably rambling now and went past the point of your question.
0: No, that's it. That's it. Um go check out the course future proof copywriting. That's at nickusborne.com. Lifter15 will save you 15%. But we're not done. I have some more questions for you, Nick. Sure. Um some of the people out there watching are WordPress professionals or they have an agency they work with clients, particularly in yeah. the LMS niche, like so they have course creators and coaches and, and clients. How might a, uh, like if you're an agency versus a course creator leverage, what are some ways the agency could leverage this? One thing that jumps out at me is like, instead of giving somebody a website with a bunch of Latin text on there to actually like use the AI to help you write starter content for a client but oh, what else hey, what that, else do that, do?
1: i mean that, that's happening already and it, it's like <laughs> i i've, I've used a, a site a tool called canva for, for a long time just just simple templates for you know, facebook posts and, and twitter and you know tweets or x's or whatever they're called but some of the stuff they're doing with ai in terms of manipulation of those images. I mean, it used to be stuff, you know, you had to be on the beta list of Photoshop to get that kind of functionality. Now you can get it within within Canva. It's it's nuts. But also, when you start typing in Canva, you have an option. You just click a button, and Canva will write a first draft for you. Uh, I'm, I'm sure and this is happening in oh, so, some of the email provide, you know, the I'm tr- trying to think of which one. Uh, I think it was in Get Response. I was working in it the other day, and and it said, "Oh, hey, would you like us to write a first draft?" And I was like, "No," but kind of interesting. <laughs> um, so so tools that are integrated, you know, other services, all other services. Well, we've, we've seen like search engines that are integrating it. Everyone has to integrate it now. Canva it, it, and within WordPress, and I, I know other platforms. Uh, what was I working in again? Uh, Shopify. Shopify offered to write me a product description with its AI um so if if i'm an agency it, it's kind of a, a challenging time because the the number crunch will say awesome we can fire we can fire half of our <laughs> illustrators and our media people and our copywriters and we can get ai to do all the heavy lifting uh and and i get that maybe if you have you know two or three extra copywriters or extra designers i, I can see the argument for that i think there is a danger i've i've read i've On discussion lists, Uh, I've heard back from the inside of agencies. Actually, I know an agency owner in in the city where I live, and we talked about it. And he said that that is a knee jerk. They stopped hiring certain types of people and just used AI. But what he's finding is that it's, it's really easy to use AI superficially. It's really hard to use it well. And you actually need to hire some of those people back. To help you use it well there was a story i heard which is like in a sense heartbreaking the other day there's a, this illustrator he's been illustrating for like big magazine covers for decades super super well respected and he's seeing his work just dry up dry up, dry up and, and he got a call the other day um from one of his former clients like a big big national magazine and said okay can you do a cover for us and he said oh wow cool excellent of course i thought i'd never hear from you guys again what makes you turn to me today And the answer from that company this is the heartbreaking bit was that oh our ai engineer is overwhelmed right now in other words the
0: the, robots were busy
1: the robots are busy we're gonna have to go second best and go to a human illustrator who served us well for decades which is like it's really sad in one sense but but part of this is is that i think step one that a lot of companies did is, is is they they used ai probably more than they should have done and I think the step a lot of agencies and groups have yet to take is to understand that you've really got to train people to use AI well. Like I said, I'm, I'm doing this deep dive into very kind of high level training myself because I want to stay ahead of the pack. It's my nature. I like, I like new stuff. Um, but I'm hearing from like firsthand and secondhand within agencies where they're, they're they're trying to automate too much. It's like such an exciting prospect of, oh my goodness, we can hire 20% of us, fire 20% of the staff and do this automatically. And you can, but it won't happen very well. You've got to hold on to some of those people and retrain those people uh, so you can be much more productive, but it's not. However good these tools are, there, there is a one button press version. But that's not the best version. The best version is where you have a human being who is really highly trained in this. And then they can really make this stuff dance.
0: Awesome. One more thing I wanted to get into with you with emotional intelligence. And you actually just did it very naturally right there. Where it was, is I want to talk about story and how to use it. And you just did it in your answer right there. You're like, that reminds <laughs> me of a story of a graphic artist. Yeah how can we better use story on our sales pages and our lesson videos? Um, how do we think about that?
1: It's weird. Cause I have no, as you know, yeah, I have another course on lifter called uh, selling with stories. So okay. it's like everything I've been doing for years is uh, in anticipation of this moment. So stor- <laughs> stories are uniquely human. All right. Uh, you know, the, GPT-4 doesn't have a first-hand memory of their, uh, you know, their first kiss or their first beer or the first time they lied to their parents and went to a party when they said they were somewhere else. Like they, they, don't have these memories. So, so we have these stories, and and a lot of our culture, a lot of our shared beliefs tie tie up in the stories that we share. And a lot of stories will cross cultures. It doesn't, it doesn't matter whether you're from India or whether you're from, you know, Alaska. There are some stories like being a teenager, falling in love, the first kiss, the broken heart, that, that are common. So, so stories are an incredibly powerful way to connect with people emotionally. Stories are almost always emotional. Like, you know, for good or bad, you sit down at Thanksgiving with your family, and, and, and maybe your family isn't always the, the best. Maybe, maybe you're not the most maybe it's not the most emotionally intelligent group or most emotionally intelligent group around the table. But boy, do you have some stories that you can share, and you do share stories. So, so it goes right to the heart of, of what it means to be human, and what it, what community feels like, what family feels like, uh, is, is the the shared stories that we have. So, that that's why the example I gave a little while ago, where where ChatGPT gave me a GPT4 gave me a generic story example, and I took that out and I replaced it with a real story, because it just there's something about that that just kind of rings true, and people could, if, again, if people have been reading me for a while, it's like that sounds like Nick. I can see Nick in that situation. That's, that feels real. Um, so yes, stories, are, and, and and also within stories, make it experiential, make it sensory. It it is like walking on the beach and hearing the cry of the gulls above your head, AI doesn't know that we know that it's, it's, it's part of, it's, it's part of a story we, we, we can share. And it also helps us to avoid that sameness trap, because if we're all using the same tool and we're all doing the top 20, if we've looked up the top 50 prompts from on Google. All right, we're using all using the same top 50 prompts. We're all using GPT-4, and then we get this sameness trap. Everything starts sounding the same, and that's not that's not that's not going to have a good outcome for anyone. Not not for the writers, not for the companies, not for the course creators, or, or whatever. So use the tool, then weave in uh, emotional intelligence. And yes, stories is part of that. Conversational writing is, is and conversational is is writing copywriting is going back to your question there. It's just everyday writing. It's as if you're talking to someone across the kitchen table. Be, you're, you can be enthusiastic, but you don't have to be a salesperson. Just just conversational, everyday language and, and writing. If
0: artificial intelligence can, you know, speed us up, accelerate our writing, you know, contribute new ideas, particularly at the brainstorming phase, do we end up as digital writers? Spending about the same amount of time, or are we actually more productive? Like, are we spending the same amount of time, but it's higher quality output, or are we actually more productive with our time?
1: I think I think we can be a, a lot more productive. Uh, yeah. So so I, I have what well, you know. I have a few kind of passion, hobby websites. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bit of a coffee geek. I'm a mushroom geek. And so last night, actually, I was just brainstorming with GPT-4, and and I said, hey, give me some... Actually, I fed in some survey results into GPT-4. I said, based on these survey results, what are people most interested in hearing about? And it spat me out 10 topics. And I wrote back and said, you know what? I've covered all of those. I've already covered those in the website. Give me some non-obvious in-between topics, which it did. When I said non-obvious, it understood it perfectly, and it came back with some non-obvious uh, and, and one of them was about bioluminescent mushrooms. I said, cool. I said, write me a 600 word blog post on, on uh, bioluminescent mushrooms, which it did. And I went in and I tweaked it and I changed it. And I changed it. I, I just, I did I did like a, probably a 15 minute editing time on it. Um, and, and then I got an image for it and, and I'll put it up. And, and so I, I can probably produce Five or ten pieces of content now in the time that used to take me one and, that, and that's by and, and also better topic. you see I wouldn't I hadn't thought of bioluminescence and and this is always happening. I'll, I'll use it for it could be a professional side, it could be a client side, it could be coffee or mushrooms, whatever in whatever's interesting me that day and and I'll often ask, give me the non-obvious give get, get, take an asymmetrical approach to that. Tell me something that I wouldn't think of. and it does. And that, that's the gold for me. It, so it makes me pro- more productive, actually it makes me better as well. But I, but I would say probably in terms of productivity as a writer, I, I've got to be somewhere between five times and 10 times more productive than I was. And that's even putting in the extra work.
0: So go check out future proof copywriting at nickosborne.com. Use the coupon code lifter 15 and Nick, I want to thank you for coming back on the show. Thank you You're for, welcome. uh, sharing your wisdom with us. That was a, a bunch of, uh, tactical gold in there too, about how to better work with AI. Any final words for the people before we sign off today?
1: Just lean into it. Don't be like I said, I was, I did a survey on this and I was kind of discouraged because there was like 35% of, of writers, copywriters that I surveyed said, oh, it's nothing to worry about. It's just a hype. It'll disappear. And I thought that's a very high percentage. Uh, don't be, th- this is like, this is like the, the candle makers looking at Edison and saying there's light bulbs that'll come to nothing. Uh, I mean, this is, this is a huge transformative, disruptive change here. So my one piece of advice is lean into it just as far, as far and fast as you can.
0: Thanks for coming on the show, Nick. We really appreciate it. Well, thanks for inviting me.
1: Thanks for inviting
0: me. <laughs> And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. Did you enjoy that episode? Tell your friends and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And I've got a gift for you over at lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Go to lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Keep learning, keep taking action, and I'll see you in the next episode.